and welcome to Phoenix Foundation, an episode-by-episode podcast review of CBS's action-adventure series, MacGyver. I'm Patrick O'Reilly. And I'm Richard Wells. And today we'll be tackling Season 3, Episode 4, Ghost Ship. The original air date for this episode was October 19th, 1987. It feels like a semi-Halloween episode. Yeah. Respect. Um, it was directed by uh, Michael Vahar, who, this is his first of 17 MacGyver episodes. Um, he also directed a lot of Star Trek, a lot of Babylon 5, and he will go on to direct the MacGyver movie, Lost Treasure of Atlantis, the first one. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Um, I still haven't seen that. I'm so excited about that. And it was written by Stephen Candell, and I, I think uh, we decided this is a little bit of a, a reference to a movie that had come out the summer before. Yeah. Uh, why don't we uh, go into the brief overview of this okay. episode? Okay. In this episode, MacGyver, while uh, out in the field in the Alaskan wilderness, is attacked by Sasquatch. Sasquatch? As in Bigfoot? That's right. The, <laughs> the cornerstone of cryptozoology himself um, attacks our beloved MacGyver, <laughs> um, which seems a, a direct response to Harry and the Hendersons having yeah. come out the summer before. Um, I don't know if they use the same costume or pieces of it, but it looks... I mean, the head is obviously different. Yeah, the head's different. the the suit looks similar enough that it might have even been the same costume. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Harry and the Hendersons was a wildly popular film, family film. Who, uh, what studio released Harry and the Hendersons, do you know? Because if it wasn't Paramount, I'm sure it's not the same suit. Well, it's Amblin and Universal. Okay, yeah, so probably a different suit, but, um... Definitely an, a similar reference. They were just like, "Oh, Bigfoot's so big right now. We gotta, we gotta include him in the episode." Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's, and there, there is another kind of other weird connection, just a physical visual re- connection. Oh, the villain character. Yeah, like I, I mean, oh, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but sure. Um, he's wearing very similar clothing to and, the villain from Harry and the Hendersons. Correct. Um. Yeah, so why don't we go into this a little bit more in depth. We start out with uh, a helicopter moving through mm-hmm. uh, the, the mountains of Alaska. Um, in, inside we see uh, Pete and MacGyver uh, giving basically the exposition of the episode. Yeah. We are on, uh, that this is a Phoenix-sponsored Save the Wilderness mapping expedition. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they're operating in concert with the Department of Interior. And there's a representative of the Department of Interior yeah. in the plane with them. Who we, whose name we never helicopter. get, other than... The Department of the Interior. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, so they set down uh, on just this platform built on the side of a hill that they call the, the Tungus Weather Station mm-hmm. to drop off MacGyver so that he can start placing these... Uh, they gave him five boundary markers right. that he has to place for as topographical reference points for the Department of Interior. Right, every every 10 miles he has to place one of these markers. And right. it has to be in a in a stable position and kind of i guess open enough where they can be read by a satellite correct but it it needs to not be able to get like washed out by rains uh, and all that stuff yeah slide or whatever um which also it kind of bothers me that later on in the episode that the signal is able to be broadcast through like a metal pipe when it's supposed to be like out in the open so that it can communicate with the satellite yeah but uh we're getting ahead of ourselves so uh, MacGyver is dropped off and starts his hiking, and he's just excited to be on his way. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pete uh, heads back to uh, what is labeled the Aqua Lake Station, um, the Phoenix Foundation Aqua Lake Station. Yeah, it, it seems to be like some prefab 
uh, small prefab structures, probably some minor housing, but they have it all fenced off too. And like, like even like the ground is like manicured lawns and stuff, but it's right, right up against the forest. Yeah. And, uh, on the MacGyver project website, uh, Nick apparently was looking up maps and everything, and Aqua Lake is an actual lake mm-hmm. in Alaska. And um, some of the other uh, landmarks and the the actual like topography on the map that we see is a is an actual visual reference to okay. that part of Alaska. So it, which is unusual. Yeah, that, like, that they were bothered to be that accurate about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, as, as we've seen, especially was it uh, Nightmares? Right. Yeah. Uh, no, Silent World. Silent World. Yeah, um, where it's where, like, like the lake. some fake crazy lake yeah, that they, they invented. Just make up a name. But luckily, Aquay was not uh, copyrighted, mm-hmm. so they were able to use it for the show. I don't know how you copyright a lake, but <laughs> um, so yeah, we uh, at the at the station where we see a map up on the wall with like little lights on it indicating where people are right. on their in their progress dropping off these uh, the um, boundary markers. They're they're making a grid, right? You know, like a ten a ten by ten mile grid. Right. Uh, at each point that yeah. these markers are placed. And so a few of them are lit up already because all four points are placed for each of the squares. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're seeing that the names on the map are Sorensen, Dawkins, Winslow, and Riley below MacGyver's mm-hmm. name. Um, and they're, uh, they're all making their progress, but they, they started the hardest path last. Right. But So that's why they needed MacGyver, because they needed someone who could finish it as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. The train is more, I guess, adversive. Yeah. Um, and right from the get-go, this woman is antagonizing Pete about having brought MacGyver on. Yeah. I'm wondering if she was this hard with everyone that was brought in. Maybe he was just really rude to her in the helicopter before we joined the conversation. Yeah. She's like, oh, this guy seems like a total idiot. I don't know why you brought him along. <laughs> Maybe he was insulting that sweater she's wearing. Yeah. <laughs> she's wearing... Can't really blame him. Yeah, it's like, it's just a total 80s, like... Not even fleece. It's like it's like a yarn knitted sweater. Yeah. Well, uh, so while MacGyver's hiking, he immediately comes across a totem pole. Right. Um, which he thinks is unusual, just because um, it's not. There's not any kind of like sight here, and so he thinks it must serve as some kind of warning. Right. And uh, so he, he kind of goes up to to it to investigate it, and although it's not in the long shot. Of the totem pole. Yeah, we, he, we see like kind of a wide angle as he's approaching the totem pole. Mm-hmm. And he even looks the whole thing up and down yeah. before he like reaches out to touch it. And then uh, he immediately stands up and bumps into uh, like a funeral mound or a dais yeah, or something like, a, like that. There's like a platform that's, that's built up with sticks like right at about head level. Mm-hmm. And there's a skeleton on it yeah. whose arm drops into frame and slaps MacGyver in the face <laughs> essentially. Bone slapped. You don't got bones left, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, freaks out MacGyver obviously for a second, but then without investigating very yeah. far, he just determines that oh, this ancient skeleton was placed here to look out over the lake mm-hmm. and to like monitor it. But yeah. I don't know, like, is there a bell for the skeleton to ring if there's danger approaching? It, it seemed like an awful large presumption, and we didn't get the voiceover that that that's what this was supposed to be. It feels like this episode is is a huge step away from voiceover because yeah. there's long silent portions more mm-hmm. more specifically later when he's on the, the titular ghost ship. Yeah. But um, it seems like they're intentionally dropping a lot of the voiceover. Like maybe they intended to come back for it and then decided that the atmosphere of the episode was more important. Yeah. Because I feel like I needed voiceover when he finds a skeleton in the woods. Yeah. Like, Oh, I need like, and then he starts 
messing he does, around he does with it. explain it in voiceover, but not until the next scene. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's like, MacGyver, you're touching a skeleton. You're, like, manipulating it and moving. This is, like, a crime scene, Yeah, he, maybe? like, pushes it back into place, and then he just leaves, and then happy music starts playing. Yeah. Because um, we have uh, Ken Harrison doing the music here, and it's basically wall-to-wall. The whole thing is mm-hmm. scored throughout, and yeah. it's, it's yeah, a it much stops. more involved score than we usually have for an episode. Mm-hmm. But maybe that was to make up for the absence of the of the voiceover in this episode. That's true. You know, that's probably exactly what it was. Yeah. There's too many silent moments. We need to have music cues, and yeah. we can't have silence. Um, so we see him hammering in the first boundary marker, and then he explains to us, oh, that skeleton back there was keeping watch over yeah. the lake, and uh, that's why I put it back in place. Probably wasn't a murder victim if you're wondering why <laughs> yeah. I handled it so uh, so aggressively. Um, yeah, so we see the first marker come online um, mm-hmm. back at the back at the station, and uh, the woman just tells Pete that her, her friend MacGyver's a jerk again. Yeah, uh, I, I, I yeah she's she every time every scene that we get with her is her condescending to Pete about MacGyver. Yeah, um, and. Uh, as MacGyver starts leaving that site where he placed the first marker, we get our first hint of a large, like, well, actually, well, they actually, we had it once before. We didn't talk about it real quick, but right. um, we heard like a crazy weird monster roaring when yeah. he's at the funeral pyre. Yeah. The, the um, subtitles on the Netflix are, call it an echoing moan. Yeah. Um, and this is where we get the second one when he's at, just after he finish, finishes uh, placing the marker. Yeah. And he just kind of looks up into the, yeah. Um, so as he's walking around a little bit more and like making his way, that's when he comes across like the edge of this waterfront area and spots a ship anchored off just off uh, the, the shore. Yeah. And to himself, he's kind of like, oh, what are you doing here? Where mm-hmm. did you come from? And and so he goes down to the to the <laughs> the water. Yeah. And. He yells hello, which, okay, that's probably... I, like, I might yell hello, like, trying to get someone's yeah. attention. The next thing he yells is a little stranger. Yeah, hello, the ship. <laughs> I don't understand. Like, hello, the ship. Did he want the boat, literally, to respond to it? Yeah. It just seems like, like, I might say hello, ship, even, but mm-hmm. hello, the ship. Yeah. It just sounds like he's dubbing it hello. Yeah. Like, you are now hello, the ship. If anyone's on the ship... You are who I'm specifically talking to. <laughs> yeah, I'm not just yelling hello to nobody. And he didn't just say it once either. He says it, like, on the shoreline, and then he says it when he's halfway to the yeah. ship. Because, um, he obviously, he needs a way to get to the ship. Mm-hmm. So he starts walking along the shoreline of the lake, and he finds this old rotted-out boat with a giant claw slash like mark in it. Which, which really doesn't make any sense yeah. as far as, like, the Bigfoot Sasquatch thing, because... Yeah doesn't have claws yeah he's just like he's he's a mammalian yeah he's kind of a, a human like ape more of an ape yeah like, but gorillas don't have claws that you can tear into yeah wood like that. like uh, if i was walking through the jungle and i saw claw marks my first instinct wouldn't be gorillas are nearby yeah it's, it's a more of a, a, a big cats mm-hmm. or bear situation yeah oh totally more of a bear yeah for sure or maybe that's what happened maybe it's just a bear happened to slash at that boat and mm-hmm. it has nothing to do with the sasquatch story so what he does, like, like half this boat is missing. Right, like the, the, the whole, whole back half of it yeah. is rotted out. So he uh, takes, like, a, a tarp, a piece of tarp, pulling. I say tarp, pulling, tarp, you know? Sure. Um, uh, I don't know if it's copyrighted. <laughs> <laughs> and he, he, like, kind of bungees and ties it tightly around the, the back of the boat. And then he takes the bag that he was storing all that stuff in 
to make an oar. Yeah, so he walks out into the woods and comes back with a branch that kind of forks out at the end. Mm-hmm. And he pulls all the leaves off of it so that it's just a Y. And then he wraps the bag around the, the triangle at the end of the right. thing and then just zip ties it tight. So yeah. That it's, so that now he has an oar to use. Mm-hmm. So he's he's rebuilt the boat and constructed an oar out of canvas. Yeah, and, and in, even when he gets in the boat, like he doesn't just like sit in it normal. He He's careful to stay closer to the bow to keep the, the, the tarp end out of the water as much right. as possible. Yeah. I mean, it's more of like, oh, like a just-in-case... Like you yeah, know, limit right. the water running into this bag as yeah. much as possible. Yeah, he he knows it's not like this isn't going to last long, so he yeah. So he's very because careful. as we've covered before on the podcast, MacGyver can't make things. He can <laughs> only make super temp things. Yeah, yeah. Um. So yeah, he calls to hello the ship again just before he yeah, gets like to halfway it. to the boat. He says hello the ship again, and we're seeing him say that through like a window on the side of the ship mm-hmm. as like a POV shot from whatever is on the ship mm-hmm. looking out at him or whoever oh or whatever then, or whatever <laughs> it's and more it, it's it, more dramatic if it's whatever <laughs> yeah and then uh it just just starts moving around in the ship and then we cut to him getting on board yeah he climbs up off uh out of his boat and he he just goes into one of like the you know the the the, the watertight doors on the side of the ship yeah and it just immediately slams shut behind him with no explanation. And we're outside, so we can see that nothing pushed on the door. Yeah. And then he comes out and looks both ways, and he doesn't see anything either. So unless there was some, like, bizarre vacuum situation. Yeah. The, the implication is not that this was Bigfoot, because mm-hmm. nobody saw anything happening. And it, and it didn't seem to be like a breeze or the swaying of the ship. It it moves it moves too unnaturally. Yeah. Um, like, it seems like it should have slammed shut, and then he couldn't have opened it again. That seemed to should yeah, have yeah. been like what happened. Yeah. Him running back out. Uh, Boat on haunted hill. Yeah. Uh, and so he just kind of like starts meandering his way through the ship, you know, saying, asking you know, things like, "Is anyone home?" And he makes his way down to the kind of the galley area. And at this point, he's done asking to the ship anything. Mm-hmm. He's not saying anything out loud, and we're not hearing any voiceover either. He's just walking yeah. around investigating silently. And so we have the music kind of piping in with this sort of like mysterious vibe and he's you know he the first thing he notices he goes into the, like the little cafeteria area of the ship mm-hmm. and he picks up um there's a uh there's a it looks like maybe a stein or yeah. like a pitcher a metal pitcher yeah that's it's some in kind, half, yeah it's crushed and it's covered in blood um or something red yeah and uh then he picks that up looks at it for a second and then he sees a newspaper laid out across the table and then Rather than inspecting it closely to, to determine the nationality of right, whoever was right. piloting this ship, he just peels it off of the, the table because it's stuck there with a dried, like, bloody handprint, paw print, sort of. Like underneath, Giant yeah. Bigfoot hand. Um, where I imagine the voiceover was scripted to say some joke about, you know what they say about big <laughs> hands, they come with big feet. But then uh, all the voiceover got scrapped, so he yeah. didn't say anything. Here. Yeah, I feel like there, prob- you're, there, there probably was a lot of voiceover. Yeah, and, and maybe they, they thought there was too much, and they were mm-hmm. like, let's scale it back. You know, we could cut that, too. We could cut that, too. And then yeah. it became so empty, they were like, we need to redo all the music. Um, and so now, like, he, you know, from there, he kind of, like, uh, makes his way back up to the upper decks of the ship. Right. And to the bridge, specifically. And... Uh, one of the cool things they think he does is like he sees a cup of coffee sitting like on a like in a cup holder, and he goes to stick his finger in it to see if it's how if long it's... they've been gone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, but as soon as he sticks his finger, friggin' Bigfoot just... Just punches through a window right punches now. Punches through a window! It's terrifying. It's, it's like, genuinely terrifying. It scared me. It literally... Like, I was watching this at, at work, like, and the ah. one's like, like, oh, oh, man. <laughs> I was not <laughs> expecting that. I've seen this episode, like, two or three times, too, prior. Yeah, and there were people on the MacGyver online forums that were theorizing that all it was supposed to do was, like, slam on the window to yeah. scare Richard Dean Anderson. So they didn't. They wouldn't have even told him that it was candy glass and that he's gonna punch through the window because the reaction is so genuine too. Yeah, like yeah. it's exactly what I would have done if a Bigfoot hand burst through the window. Like, yeah. oh god, <laughs> <laughs> he just freaks out. And then uh, Bigfoot proceeds to smash in the door and then chase MacGyver into the radio room, which then he just demolishes. Just, a, just smashing tables to pieces. Yeah. Uh, MacGyver manages to squeeze through a door and then jams like a pipe. Like to to brace it from opening again, right? And then like we just kind of hear like banging and then slow, heavy footsteps walking away. Right. And uh, we have some things to say about uh, Mr. Uh, Ken Kersinger, who is playing Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. Here. Um, he is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he's a stunt man. He has a lot of stunt man credits. Um, he was just in Kevin in the Woods pretty recently. He's in a bunch of X Men movies. He was actually on uh, on the Nick Fury TV movie okay. where David Hasselhoff played. Uh, Nick Fury. Now, I don't know if you knew this, but when I was looking this up on IMDb last night, I noticed that his, on IMDb, his name is not David Hasselhoff. His name is David Hoff. Hmm. And I, and I was like, oh, what is this? Did he, like, change his name because of that whole Hassel the Hoff thing? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I looked it up on Wikipedia, and he changed his name Thursday. That's how recently he changed his name to David Hoff. Apparently, it's like a a what? joke for some advertising agency to show like how well they can get this message across. But his uh, on IMDb now it says his name is David Hoff. But I was like, oh, it's it. Uh, he did it in November. And I was like, oh, he did it two days ago. <laughs> he just did that. But so he changed his name to David Hoff for some advertising campaign to show, okay. like kind of like that when Jeff Bridges did that. I'm gonna say weird things to help you go to sleep for like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a company that makes websites or something like that. So it was just a, a marketing ploy. But I, I don't know if he legally changed his name. Yeah, or that's so strange. It's not clear. But um, either way, right now, if you look on IMDb, his name is David Hoff. That might not even be true by the time this comes out. If they yeah. decide less than a week into the campaign that it's not working and they're going to cancel everything, um, it could say Hasselhoff again right now. But And it should say Hasselhoff. Cause yeah, exactly. <laughs> like now they have to go through all of his previous credits and say, as David has. That's what it says now. If yeah. You, if you look at them all, it, and that's what confused me is because I pulled up the Nick Fury thing and it said David Hoff, credited as David Hasselhoff, and I was like, is his name actually David Hoff? And I just didn't know it the whole time. Yeah. But no, that's not the case. Um, but he was also uh, Ken Kersinger here was a uh, stunt coordinator on the X Files for a long time. Mm. Um, he also did stunts in the movie Look Who's Talking. I don't know what stunts he would have done, but. Mm. Um, one another character from this episode that we'll we'll be introducing later was uh, was also in Look Who's Talking as one of the characters, um, but probably most famously, uh, Ken Kersinger played Jason Voorhees in mm. Freddy vs. Jason. Yeah, um, and that's awesome. Uh, he's one of the 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 only one other than Kane Hodder that I can name specifically who like, played who played the Jasons. Yeah, um, but. Uh, but yeah, he does an amazing job in this, and he totally feels like a Jason Voorhees yeah, later yeah, on yeah. in the episode when he's picking people up and throwing them around. Um, and he'll actually come back to MacGyver um, as a bodyguard in Season 6, Episode 12, Jericho Games. But uh, 
But another one of my favorite roles from him is, is this character. He's, he's kind of a, a one-off, like, really brief cameo appearance in uh, the movie Hot Rod, but it's a memorable one. Yeah, you, where, you showed me the clip, and yeah, it's like... <laughs> it's pretty great, but Hot Rod is basically luging down a hill. This is when he's decided that his safety word is, is whiskey, but he's pronouncing it whiskey for some reason. <laughs> um, and at the end of the, the hill, he slams just head-on into a trailer that's parked in someone's in driveway, and uh, and the the owner of the trailer comes out and starts screaming at them, and yeah, that's yeah. Ken Kersinger coming out of the house. And then Danny McBride just beats the crap out of him. <laughs> um, but it's it's a memorable scene. We'll throw it up on on the uh, show notes, but uh, it's a good one. Mm. But yeah, so this is the guy who right now is is just throwing MacGyver all around right. in the ship. And we're assuming that he is the guy in the Bigfoot suit uh, later on in the episode. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Sorry. I messed up. I blew it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, um, so they have a, a tussle on the ship. Eventually, MacGyver gets out of that the radio room and yeah. is able to lock the door closed by like just wedging yeah, he jams a piece the pipe of wood in there. in there. Or a pipe, maybe. Yeah, it was, not, yeah, it was, it was something. He, he, he braces it. Yeah. And so while he's now sneaking around in the bowels of the ship, he hears some, like, what IMDb calls clatter. Right. Um, and... What, uh... Netflix calls. Clear. Yeah, yeah, uh, and we were both kind of trying to figure out what he what his plan was because he picks up like a big wrench or pipe or something. Yeah, he's got the pipe, he, the fighting pipe. Yeah, and then he's got a mini pipe. Yeah, and then he throws the mini pipe away from him, and you think, okay, he's trying to lure someone over into that direction. But then but he then, just runs straight through the doorway. Yeah, he just runs right at whoever is in the other room, and it turns out to be a young woman. Yeah. And he, he, like, reels the pipe back up like he's about to knock her out. Yeah. And then we freeze, freeze frame. frame on his face and slowly push into it as we fade to black. Because I don't think they were intending to go to a commercial break here. And he immediately starts talking as soon as they have that shot of his face. Yeah. So since they didn't give themselves enough time of him just, like, kind of looking confused to fade to black. Yeah. They freeze frame immediately, push in on it, and fade to black. And then when we come back... It's the same two shots that we went to break on. Right. But then this time we see the the, the frame after it froze. He asks, who are you? What are you doing here? This, in this downward swinging motion. Yeah. And then he just hits her in the head and knocks her out. Who are you? He doesn't do that. <laughs> what are you doing here? Smack, smack, smack. Um, but this character is, uh, the actress's name is Katie Wright. Mm-hmm. She'll come back as a character named Charlie Stone in season four, episode five, Collision Course. So we have a lot of repeat customers in this one. We yeah. have two other characters that end up coming back later. And, uh, yeah, so he helps her up to her feet just as Bigfoot then breaks through the braced door. Right. And comes running down the stairs. But uh, MacGyver finds, like, a like a watertight door like a, and, like, you know, cranks a handle yeah. until it until it seals itself off. And which, I guess, from the other side, you, you can't, can't open anything, it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they, they make their way uh, getting back up to the top decks of the ship. They're, like, right on the top of the ship now. And uh, they start trying to run around to the, get lower, and Bigfoot barrels through a door, like, just, yeah, you, just blows like, off the handle. You handles. see, like, gas, like, just blasting through. Like, it looks like yeah. he, like, hit it with, like, a like a oxygen tank or something to, like, blast it open. Yeah, it's just, he is just wrecking this ship apart. Yeah. And, uh... And so, like, he, he, Bigfoot makes his way up towards MacGyver and the girl, and so they just jump off the boat right, right into the water. And then he goes into full Donkey Kong mode <laughs> and just starts picking up barrels and throwing them off the ship yeah. at them. 
Oh, it's it's spectacular. Um, and so they swim to shore, and uh, and MacGyver like is trying to talk her to her, but she's not answering any of his questions, and and so but he's able to calm her down and convince her uh, to stay with him. Yeah, he's like, oh, but there's there's no civilization for a hundred miles in any direction except for this Bigfoot creature. Yeah, in this boat. So you, you should stick with me, or you know, stay with me if you want to live. Typical Terminator, yeah, yeah, yeah. Terminator contract. <laughs> We wish to enter in, <laughs> enter yeah. into a terminator contract. Here. Initial here. Um, uh, we get a brief cutaway to the Aqua Lake Station again. Yeah. Where uh, Pete is getting concerned that the a, a third are light or fourth light is showing up from someone. Yeah. And Pete stands up. Oh, it's MacGyver, right? And they're like, Nope, nope. It's nope. Somebody else. Your guys. Your guy sucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then they have their kind of a bigger fight. The two. Yeah. Of them, Pete and the and the woman. She she says something about oh he's probably just decided he was going to go fishing or something. I I happen to notice he brought a fishing pole with him. Yeah. And then Pete says, seemingly in MacGyver's defense, did yeah. you also happen to notice he brought no food or water? Like, look at how ill prepared he was. <laughs> but, I'm, so, I'm not making my case very well. <laughs> hold on, let me reword this. And then he goes back and says, uh, he's an experienced woodsman. He can yeah. He lives off the land. He can take care of himself. Well, see, but wouldn't that prove her point? Like. Wouldn't he have to go fishing to get the yeah, fish that he needs? That's why he brought a fishing pole. It's yeah. He... Yeah. So he could very well be fishing. Yeah. To get food because he brought no food. <laughs> um. So as MacGyver and the girl are hiking along, he keeps trying to speak to her in different languages, in hopes of uh, establishing a dialogue. Starting from the furthest possible country from. From, from Alaska, Alaska. <laughs> and then moving toward it. Yeah. So he's like French and then German, and, uh-huh. then, and then eventually he's like, decides, oh, I'm going to try Russian. Well, that's later, I guess. That's, yeah, 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 yeah. Set up a camp. But here they're just walking around. Uh, yeah, like he, while they're walking, he he finds like a a hillside uh, that seems like, to be dripping. Yeah, like yeah, natural it's, spring water. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so he kind of like takes a tent pole, and. It shoves strong, it into the yeah, dirt. Tropicana Hill. <laughs> Did you, I, but you didn't know you could just do this. Just stick a pole in the ground and suck water out yeah. of it. So we were joking that there was like a small woodland creature like buried <laughs> yeah. here and he's just sucking all of its vital fluids out. <laughs> its life is now my life. <laughs> and so she uh, she kind of takes a bit of a liking to him here because now she has you know clean water to drink. Yeah, well, she has water to drink. Yeah, it's clean is a strong na- word. Naturally, moss and mold filtered. Yeah. Yeah. It's perfect. And then uh, they set up camp for the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. He he starts a small fire, and uh, still trying to talk to her in different languages. And that's when he tries Russian, which apparently took him like six hours to get to Russia. Yeah, he's gone through ev- all the European nations. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he moved down to Africa for a while, and then, yeah, Swahili, and yeah. and then he uh, and then he settled on Russian. And she reacts in some way that indicates to him that she understands what he's saying. Right. And so he's like, oh, okay, it is Russian. And then he starts talking to her more in English. English, yeah. Well, once he establishes that it's Russian, he, he refuses to speak to her in it. Yeah. With the exception of, like, a couple of phrases. I mean, if the Russians had tried to kill me as many times as they've tried to kill MacGyver, I probably wouldn't use their language if I didn't have to. Yeah, yeah. So he just keeps talking in English to this woman who he's determined speaks only Russian. Mm-hmm. And then... 
she starts responding in English. Yeah. Oh, okay, you speak English. I don't know why I didn't catch that when I spoke to you in English before. Yeah. Um, she reveals herself to be uh, Karen Graf, right. who is a uh, from the Baltic portion of Russia. Uh, her mother had sadly passed away, and she wanted to come live with her father, who's in Alaska, but um, he was making preparations of some sort for her. Uh-huh. Although, you, you kind of get the impression that the father doesn't want her around. Do you? Well, because because he said like she she, she I wrote him and said that I wanted to come live with him, and he wrote me back and said that I had to wait. Well, and, maybe he was just trying to keep her safe or something. Yeah, but I think I feel like there are there there are situations like as far as like immigration. Yeah. That if you're living in another country and you have a parent who's like a citizen or allowed to be in another country, allowed to be in, in like Alaska. Yeah. That if the family member dies and they need to live with somebody. Yeah. That that's all. It's like a thing. You can get that. You can get them there. Yeah. Like it's not like oh sorry you have to, you're not a, a citizen yet to stay in that other country. Like yeah, this, yeah, that there's, makes there's sense. like family issues that happen, and so like I kind of got the impression like that that. So why don't you hang out over there for a while? Yeah. Just uh, stay in Russia. Just stay in Russia. You don't you have any... a good thing going over here. Yeah. Um. um yeah, I don't want your mom to know your dead mom to know that I've been shacking up with some other lady for a while. Yeah. Um. <laughs> But so she uh, and her brother Alexander, her co- uh, cousin. Oh, cousin. Yeah, as a, as um, she says, cousin. Yeah. Right. Well, so her cousin Alexander heard about this ship that was leaving from some Russian port. Yeah. Presumably, and heading to Alaska. Um, they don't indicate like what the specific mission yeah. of this ship was, but because um, the Baltic, the Baltic's on the western part portion, right? So he wasn't that far off when he said. German right, or French. When he said German or French, yes, yeah. the Baltic side is completely the opposite side of so, Russia. But then, you know, she said there's a ship going to Alaska, so they would have had to be on this ship for weeks. Unless the ship wasn't leaving from the Baltic. She's just from the Baltic. Okay. And so they traveled they all the, the way across? Yeah. They <laughs> crushed the, they, they crossed the entire country to get on this boat. Um, Sewing away on a train. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so yeah, so they take this boat across to Alaska, and then... She says that everything was fine mm-hmm. until the boat got to where MacGyver found it. Yeah. And then she said, suddenly there were animal sounds and she could hear all the men on the boat screaming. Right. So then her cousin snuck out of where they were stowing away and was killed by this creature. Right. Um, and she, she's kind of saying it as though MacGyver hasn't already encountered the creature. Yeah, like yeah. She's saying it like, oh, and then uh, whatever it was, it, it killed my cousin. And then he says, well, he says, what, it, what, what was it? And she says, well, I don't know. I I only saw it a couple times. I saw a shadow once, Mm -hmm. and I saw a hand. And then my guy was like, so what you're saying is you don't remember earlier today when it chased the two of us off of a ship and then threw barrels at us. The gigantic hairy beast that we both saw in daylight. (laughs) And then as if to, like, just join her in her, like, to be sympathetic, he says, I saw it too. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like, yeah, I know you saw it. It chased both of us off a ship. I believe you. Look, what's important is that I believe you, that you saw something. And uh, and then he... We're going to get you some help. He, he wants to go see it again. He wants to go see it up close. Mm-hmm. I think he saw it pretty close, but yeah. he wants to see it up close more. Um, It's at this point that we get uh, a twig snap. Right. And, man, Karen just lets out this blood curdling scream yeah it's pretty terrifying all she screams several times in this episode and every time i am fully convinced that she is in 
absolute terror and yeah. peril. I'm sure the, the, the crew knew some sort of a traumatic event from her past and they were triggering these yeah. screams on purpose. They kept showing her, like, photographs. Look at your father! <laughs> <laughs> Pictures of spiders! <laughs> they just keep dropping spiders on her. <laughs> Or, or maybe she's one of those uh, people who like have like that scream laughter. Like they scream before they start laughing. Ah! Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they like they just to... cut that part. <laughs> they just freeze frame and slowly push into her <laughs> during the scream part. Uh, and that's where we end the act. And we, so we a commercial break on the on the intense scream, and and oh, and a shadowy figure approaching them from the woods. Right. But it's okay because. It's just three three local uh, Native Americans that are just checking their traps. Yeah, who approached a fire silently and snapped twigs and didn't say, "Hey there, uh, in the campfire, we're coming." We, Hello, the campfire. Hello, the campfire. <laughs> like you do. Uh, yeah, they they approached completely stealthily in the dark, and MacGyver picks up a huge like piece of wood, did, and he does not let it go, even once they introduce themselves. Uh, Joe Wales, uh, his brother Dave, and their uncle Len. Um, like MacGyver's, like you guys came out of the woods in the dark without saying anything. Yeah. Um, and they don't really explain themselves in that. Yeah. <laughs> they just kind of say they're out there looking for the traps, and they give each other kind of suspicious glances, and mm-hmm. which Karen interprets as an admission of guilt, like they know something about this creature that they're yeah, yeah. Us. Which, um, I mean, kind of is irrelevant just because like as the story goes I yeah. mean spoiler alert that this is not Bigfoot. Yeah. So if this is a Bigfoot that came with them on the ship, then these guys know about a different big like they just happen to sail into a region that very strongly believes in the in Sasquatch. The, yeah, in the... Or maybe that was their plan all along. Like that was part of their research that oh, you know, they believe Sasquatch here. Yeah. So why don't we pretend to have a Sasquatch with us? Because it seems like the the Native Americans would be the only locals. Right. We're, we're assuming that they're probably Inuit. Right. Uh, you know, uh, Eskimo yeah. like, people, and um, uh, so like playing up on playing up on the local legend to keep them away. Yeah, and uh, two of these characters, uh, the the first guy that starts talking, Joe Wales. Um, and uh, the the older gentleman, uh, who's named Len, I think they call him. Yeah, Len, Uncle Len. Um, are people that will come back for future episodes. Uh, Joe Wales is played by Byron Chief Moon, and he'll come back as Sammy in season four, episode thirteen, Runners. Mm-hmm. So that's I think the third character that we have coming back f- next season. Wow. And then uh, uh, Chief uh, Katlacha, who plays Len. Uh, he only has two credits on IMDb, and they're both MacGyver episodes. He's going to huh. come back later this season, um, season three, episode seventeen, Mask of Mas- the Wolf. I was gonna, I was going to say Mask of the Wolf has to be one of these yeah, episodes yeah. because that is a, a Native American heavy episode. Yeah. Um, so Len starts kind of going off in um the, in in a native language, uh, about the legend of the Sasquatch and that, like he comes out now and then, and you know eats animals and kills people and yeah. like is he's like like an angry spirit almost kind sure. of thing yeah, like yeah, yeah. he only comes back when things are being disturbed uh and so uh they start hearing more of the creature moaning but they also see a series of uh bright lights um and so they're kind of like feeling kind of awkward and suspicious about what what they're looking at but they decide to all stay together for the night or at least uh, Joe Wales decides that they should all stay together. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, he, he invites himself to warm them by the fire, and then he invites himself to stay the night with yeah. them at the campfire. And MacGyver's kind of like, okay, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's okay. Dot, dot, dot. How about we just go back to where you guys live? Yeah. Because you obviously didn't walk for like two days out on like, the foot. Look, we bought this land from you guys, fair and square. <laughs> Don't be an Indian giver. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now we want it back. No, oh, racist. Um, <laughs> uh, when uh, uh, MacGyver and Karen wake up the next morning, uh, they see that they they've gone. Right. Len, Dave, and Joe have all vanished in the night. Right. She she is initially worried that the creature may have gotten them, but MacGyver says, "Oh no, they probably just went to." to uh check their check lines their traps, yeah. yeah and uh so they start packing up their gear to continue to get moving I, or, or i'm assuming that they're making their way back to where are they trying to get to they're I guess trying to a, get to the drop off where pete left him but that is that is that where they're trying to get to like cause, that's where i assume because that's where the helicopter would have landed to pick him up right right, right. Because because I mean yeah because it's the only the only station the weather station yeah. would be the only place that maybe there's communications devices there yeah back at the Aqua Lake station Pete is getting more and more concerned that uh, he hasn't checked in like like the, something is definitely up now yeah something's wrong uh so uh, as Karen and MacGyver continue through the woods they start hearing some like buzzing sounds and and noise and uh, a couple a couple distant voices. Right. And the night before when they were discussing Bigfoot with each other around the campfire, there was a moment where you hear the moaning of the, of this monster. Yeah. And you see this glow right. in the distance. It's like a mysterious glow that seems to coincide with the sounds. And uh, as they get close, they see that there's a, a crew of men working on an oil pipeline. Right. And MacGyver just said, oh, you know, great. This is great. There's like a crew like doing maintenance on the line. They'll have a radio. We can get help. But Karen grabs him and says that those are the men from the ship. Right. She that, recognizes them. Mm-hmm. And none of them are Russian. None of them are Russian. In fact, one of them is British. Yeah, like very British. Yeah. And this is the one who, who in general, very closely resembles the character, the villain character from Harry and the Hendersons. Yeah, yeah. The, and that it, he has like a black beret that he's wearing side. Exactly. Like like black beret and a hunting vest and rifle. Like it's it's very clearly supposed to mimic the character uh, uh, Jacques Lafleur from uh, Harry and the Hendersons. Right. And it's too close to to not be a direct yeah, reference, yeah. Uh, especially when when a Sasquatch is involved. Yeah, this is our our wish child moment where it's like this is clearly inspired by something that came out this summer. And yeah, we're just not making any apologies about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they see that they uh, they're working on the pipeline, and MacGyver deduces that they are stealing oil. Uh, I guess that's you know, I guess there's to to me. Stealing oil, as much as you could probably get on that ship. Yeah. In the eighties, oil was probably like what fifteen dollars a barrel, probably yeah, in those seems days. Like, it seems like you're losing money in funding this expedition in the first yeah. place, even if you fill that entire ship like to the bow with oil. Yeah, I, I feel that the most you're going to get out of that ship is two hundred barrels at the most. So we're talking about three thousand dollars. Yes. And this this the trip cost them eighteen thousand because they're sailing from the Baltic. Yeah. Like the whole way around <laughs> Africa. Uh, it, it just doesn't seem like a worthy venture, but yeah. uh, maybe maybe there are people who are more desperate for to pay for higher prices for oil. Yeah. Um. Uh. 
and well, so maybe they plan on living here so they don't have to take it back they just wanted oil while they were here yeah exactly it's going over their first tank of their new life yeah it's it's a very useful substance yeah and uh, uh macgyver wants to now he finally wants to send a signal <laughs> yeah for help he's, like, he's waited okay bigfoot attacked us it's not that big a deal um oh this girl says her cousin was murdered that's yeah, fine okay yeah uh found some native americans uh think things are bad like i don't have enough food to keep feeding her uh, like yeah we're gonna starve to death i used my fishing pole yeah he, <laughs> oh well, he hasn't yet but but i obviously don't have any water because i'm drinking out of a hillside right it, things are pretty dire. He should have come up with this plan the day before. Yeah. Um, but now he's ready to use the uh, the satellite signal beacons to send for help. Which he just drops into the pipeline. Well, before he does that, he, he tells her to stay put while he's going to go. I'm assuming he's going to go plant them on a mountaintop. Right. So the helicopter could come and pick them up. But he doesn't get very far when uh, Karen, because he leaves her behind. He says, stay right. here. You'll be safe here. I it don't know why. It still would have made more sense to plant them on a mountaintop because that's how you indicate this is where I want the helicopter to come. Yeah. But that's not what he does. Exactly. That's not what he ends up doing because uh, he hears her scream and he comes back and she's been captured by the the pipeline uh, thieves. So this is where MacGyver then uses his fishing pole. Uh, he takes off the reel and he basically makes a clothesline. Yeah. Judging uh, her height versus the height of her kidnappers. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's walking in front of him. And, uh, yeah, so he... It's kind of like that moment in uh, in uh, The Prodigal. Oh, totally. He's coming down the stairs, and he's like, oh, I know what he's going to do, so I'm going to trip the other two guys. Yeah. Um, and uh, MacGyver has taken the pole rod and jammed it into a tree, and he's, like, bent it way back. Yeah, he's, like, holding onto this fishing rod, which, when he lets go of it, is going to snap taut again and just... Smack whoever is at the yeah, line this, dead this, on in the this, face. This is the golden triangle uh, tactic yeah. of the little boy in the golden triangle. Yeah, Man, though, that fishing rod, the like, carbon fibers, like, they've whacked this guy right in the face. It would have broken his nose. Certainly would have lacerated his skin. Yeah, definitely. Hitting him that hard. Um, and so it knocks him to the ground, and then MacGyver comes in with Just a... clocks him. Yeah, the knockout punch. Um so many knockout punches on TV. I love it. Yeah. Um, so uh, from here, I guess uh, the workers, the, the thieves start to realize that something's wrong because he should have been back. Um, uh, so they, they leave the pipeline area to go look for their missing man and MacGyver and the girl. Right. So MacGyver and Karen then make double back on them back up to where they were working on the pipeline and they shut off the, uh, the pump that's siphoning off the oil from the line to the ship. And from there, MacGyver goes up to like a, like, I guess it's like a service. Yeah. It's like a valve or service something. valve. Like, yeah. cause there's like a, a hatch where you can actually reach in and he just tosses all of his extra markers, which should have been four. Cause I think he had five originally, but there's only three. Maybe he's holding on to one just in mm. case, but he, uh, he dumps three of them in there and, um, and then opens up the valve and then starts the pump back up. Did so, he have five? Or, he did have five. He right? did have five, yeah. Because she Maybe says, one was a spare? Yeah, In maybe. case you dropped one? I don't know. But everyone else had five that they actually needed to set up all five. Yeah. So, either way. Um, yeah, because he, he used one, and then he used his three for the pipeline. Yeah, yeah so, so he doesn't have a fourth one. Or a fifth one. Um, 
And then he starts the pump back up, so this sends the beacons to the ship. Right, it pushes them out into the lake. Yeah. And essentially, this would keep the pirates from getting away with the... The oil. The oil. Because that that, that $3,000 have... worth of yeah. oil. <laughs> Which these beacons cost more than the oil did. Um, and they're ruined now, by yeah, the way. Yeah, they're totally like... drenched in oil. They uh, apparently still work even from inside the Inside, this yeah. Ship. Surrounded by thick crude oil. And, and steel. And steel. The Yeah, it, They sh- when they were saying that you need to keep it out in the open to get a signal. Yeah. Um, and they have really long antennas that they had to stretch out to, yeah. to maximize. But he didn't do that for any of these. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so they're all on the ship, and then we we cut basically to the following morning. Yeah. As uh, Pete is showing up at the Aqua station, and uh, the woman is telling him, "Oh, your your buddy MacGyver's uh, last three markers just showed up all at the same time." Yeah. And uh, and then Pete realizes. This, okay, this is a signal. Mm-hmm. We need to go take care of something right now. Yeah. So he goes and gets in the helicopter and just heads out immediately. Yeah, like he gets the coordinates and they, they start out. Which it seems like they should have just done. Like, as soon as they realize something was wrong, get in the helicopter, follow a straight line from where MacGyver was supposed yeah, to be. Yeah, like, look look for any kinds of signs, because there's clearly something wrong. Yeah. Um. So Mac and Karen are trying to make their way up a hill. Again, again assuming... Like my, my original thought for MacGyver was that he was going to go to a hilltop to plant those markers right. to get to get their attention, but now they're going up the hill. I guess when the helicopter will come and do a search of the area, yeah. they'll be easily spotted. But they only get halfway up the hill when uh, Bigfoot. <laughs> <laughs> and so Bigfoot like just scares them at first, and Karen ducks, and MacGyver just goes, "All right," <laughs> and yeah. he just takes on Bigfoot. Yeah, he just fist fights him. <laughs> and he is just getting clobbered. But yeah, Kurzinger here is massive. Like yeah. he's a super tall guy. Mm-hmm. And and I think Richard Dean Anderson is, is small enough that this guy could pick him up pretty yeah. easily. And he's just throwing him around. Mm-hmm. The first throw looks super painful because he yeah. does kind of like a half somersault, but his his head just tips sideways as he rolls over his neck. Yeah, yeah. It looks really painful. And, and MacGyver like swings like a, a pretty sizable like tree limb at him. And then Bigfoot takes it and then tries to smash it at MacGyver and it just splinters. Half, yeah. yeah, like he's super strong. He's breaking up chunks of a tree. And um, so he finally kind of gets MacGyver to like be a little bit delirious and dizzy. And he starts approaching Karen. And that's when MacGyver jumps onto his back. And like, is, like I don't know if he's trying to put a chokehold on him. Or, or if he's specifically trying to pull the mask off. Yeah, it's, it's kind of unclear. Um uh, but uh, as he's trying to choke him out, he's thrown off of him, and that's when he the mask comes right along with it. And you can see that there's just a guy underneath with Who's this sweating, yeah, he's yeah, in this giant costume, yeah. Day. But he's got this huge like device on his throat that's presumably making like projecting this, yeah, this Bigfoot voice, which he's not suddenly talking now. He's yeah, still moaning, he's like still he's roaring. Which at first I thought like, is this like a Adrian Brody in the village, like they dress up the mentally handicapped guy as a monster to scare yeah. people away, but, but um, and then he doesn't end up lasting very long from here. Yeah, he, he charges at MacGyver, and MacGyver like kind of picks up a log and then uh, sort of like uh, pole vaults him, trebuchet, yeah, like he's, pole vaults him over his yeah. shoulder, and then he just kind of collapses and stops moving on the ground. Yeah, probably dead. Probably. Um, but all this uh, noise has attracted uh, Bench. <laughs> The main yeah. villain goes by, 
um, and the other guys. But you also made a good point here that there's no reason for Bigfoot to have ever gotten off the ship because his yeah. whole purpose was to scare people away from the ship. Exactly. But there was also no purpose for him destroying the ship. Yeah, yeah. He breaks the windows. He broke at least three door, two exterior doors and yeah. one interior door. Yeah. He smashed the radio room to pieces. I'd be going, Jeff, what the heck are you doing, man? You're just supposed to scare him. I'm Bigfoot. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that wasn't even part of the plan. He's just coked up on the thing. <laughs> it's some kind of bane, like drug-inducing yeah. thing. Yeah, that's what's around his neck. Well, that's what that's what I was saying. Like, like it's it's more like uh, you know, when you were saying Agent Brody in the village or or of mice and men. Like he's maybe like just a big mentally handicapped yeah. guy and doesn't he have was much self-control. Supposed to stay on the ship, and they're just like Lenny, come on, <laughs> get back on the ship. Oh, I want to see the rabbits, George. <laughs> Um, so, uh, Pete now has managed to spot them, uh, up on the hillside and sees that Bench is about to take aim at MacGyver with a rifle. And then Pete's like, nail him. (laughs) (laughs) He yells, he tells the helicopter pilot to nail him. And the pilot, the pilot falls through. He just, he just, Tokyo drifts this helicopter right Right into into the back of the guy. And then the guy tumbles way down a hillside. Which, like kudos to pete for realizing so quickly that this guy was actually going to shoot at macgyver yeah because it was like oh there's a bear attacking macgyver and i'm gonna shoot at it like you just ruined the rescue like yeah 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 you don't know what's going on here you need some context pete <laughs> but the the pilot doesn't need any context so we've no, learned yeah. from this show that a pilot will do anything you say even if it's murdering yeah exactly <laughs> like Hit it, that guy. the heist he's just like take it up to fifty thousand feet that ought to kill all of them <laughs> the pilot's just like all right here we go <laughs> I better be getting extra money for this charter. (laughs) (laughs) This is why I don't fly tourists. Uber pilots are very murderous. Um, So, uh, you know, like, the chopper lands and Pete comes out and goes, MacGyver, are you all right? You know, blah, blah, blah. And um, that's where we, again, we get the Act 5 exposition. Right. So Um, everyone's safe. They all get in the helicopter mm -hmm. and presumably head back to safety. Um, MacGyver's going to continue his marker placement mission. Right, and she's going to get dropped off at her at her dad's house against his will. I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's running a brothel somewhere in Juneau. They're, they're leaving all these bodies in the in the woods to keep watch <laughs> over the lake. <laughs> we'll leave them there to protect the land. I'll go prop up their skeletons. <laughs> I'll be right back. Um, yeah, there's no explanation or criminal prosecution proceedings or anything like that. Yeah. The, the Phoenix Foundation just gains a new boat. <laughs> yeah, they just got a new boat and three thousand dollars worth of crude oil. <laughs> uh, so Pete uh, MacGyver is talking to. Uh, I really don't. Does she have a name? I think the credit has her as Joanna. Yeah. But I don't think that they I don't ever think she say says it. it. Yeah. He just says, "Tell that to the Department of Interior." Over yeah. There. That's all she gets referred to as. Um and. Uh, MacGyver's talking to her, and she's, like, laughing at him for falling for the Bigfoot costume. Yeah, and which he, is, like, rightfully so. Like, your friend Pete was doing nothing but singing your praises the whole time we were in there. You yeah. got nothing done, and you believed Bigfoot was attacking <laughs> you. And, and then MacGyver kind of goes into, like, this, like, PSA of, well, you know, with all the sightings and the statistics. And the, uh, and footprints and everything. And he's, like, citing evidence like some sort of a crazy person. Like yeah. the Dev Patel character on, uh, on, uh the newsroom who's <laughs> just like wants so badly to believe Bigfoot is real and mm-hmm. it's like 
why why do you want to believe that um and then they hear it again yeah they hear it again but then pete sneaks out oh, uh, he's it got wasn't a... actually bigfoot it was he... a speaker box yeah um apparently they they were piping it over the pa of the ship right when when the guy wasn't like didn't have the mobile device with him yeah um and so they all have a good laugh and then they hear another roar come out in the woods out in the woods and everyone's reacting to it. it. Even kind of pans across to like the pilots milling around the helicopter, and they're all looking around, like where is this sound coming from? Yeah. But there's no reaction shot. Like after after they kind of look away, it just focuses on the woods. There doesn't. There's not like this kind of like half look back to each other. Or like, like everyone what? starts smiling and laughing and then freeze yeah. frame. Um, it just kind of leaves you hanging. Yeah. My favorite story of this is when we used to do our MacGyver nights. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and we were watching this. And you're I can't... like, oh god, here's the part where the yeah, <laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna hear it in the woods. <laughs> and then it happens, and we're all cheering. Yeah. Like, basically, this episode is confirming for the audience that Bigfoot is real. Well, it's confirming one of three things: either that they had another sound system set up somewhere to make mm-hmm. the sound, that the guy that he knocked out that was wearing that sound device regained consciousness <laughs> and is still in the woods. Yeah, he's waking up, going, oh. Uh, or that there's an actual Bigfoot somewhere. Yeah. Because a lot of the times that we heard the moaning in the monster before didn't make sense for it to occur at those moments. Right, yeah. Because they're just casually happening while MacGyver's walking around. They yeah. haven't spotted him. They don't know anyone's there. Yeah. Um, and it definitely doesn't make sense that they screamed and made the monster roar while they were on the ship. While the girl if they was didn't in... know they had stowaways. Yeah. Which the only reason for that is maybe they did know that they had stowaways and like they were they making just... a big ruckus because they like caught them or noticed something had been stolen overnight or something. Yeah, they, they needed to lure them out. Yeah. Because cause Alexander... I don't know how they got the whole way around Africa without noticing they had stowaways. Yeah, God, they would have been down there forever. Where were they going to the bathroom? Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, like, it's like, well, there's only four of us on the ship and someone's in the bathroom right now. Yeah. It's just like, I need to go back to the radio room. No, don't go in that room. <laughs> Stay out of that room. Um, yeah, and again, it doesn't make sense why he was destroying their own ship. Um, yeah, it's it's a very thin plot as far as like the villain characters go to uh, to be stealing the oil and yeah. all that. But it's still a really crazy episode. Yeah. Um, you were talking about how like there's like a lot of interesting camera work. Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, they do a lot of like pans and shots, and they they. They were on an actual boat, and you can see like stuff swaying on the boat while they're trying and to film. That, that's another thing on the uh, MacGyver Project. Um, uh, Nick with uh, the MacGyver Project actually interviewed um, uh, Clements Jr., who produced the episode. Um, and uh, they, we'll put that interview in the show notes, too. But he mm-hmm. just talks about how they actually like got a ship for this episode because they wanted to like go all out. They could have done miniatures and just done exterior stuff yeah, yeah. like that, but... They, they full-on rented this boat and towed it out to this lake in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, it sounds like they, they wanted it to feel like a full-on, you know, a, a, yeah. as real as possible, which I think they did a really good no, job. they did a great job. And the suspense is obviously great. And I do like that they pulled the voiceover because that scene with, with him exploring around on the boat is that much creepier. Yeah, yeah. And the explosion of glass into the into the uh, room with MacGyver is, is that yeah. much scarier. Um, when we haven't been hearing anything the whole time. I think that's about it for Season 3, Episode 4, Ghost Ship. Um, if you have any thoughts you want to share with us, you can find us on Twitter, at Opening Gambit. You can find us on Facebook.com slash Phoenix Foundation Podcast. Or you can find us on our website, phoenixfoundationpodcast.com. 
And if you're digging the show, feel free to review us on iTunes. Also, um, at some point, we're show, our show is going to be available via the new Google mm-hmm. podcasting platform, whatever yeah. that is. Uh, they haven't really released a lot of information about it, but we've are, we've been pre-approved for release on, on that whenever it becomes available. Yeah. So I so, assume before the end of the year. Yeah, so all you Android users out there, um, get if ready. If you Because you're not listening to this right now. <laughs> or, or you are, because you have something like Podcast Addict or, or uh, another great Android podcast platform. But um, I think it'll definitely open us up to a lot more listeners when, mm. when it, there's a standard, like, built-in android podcast yeah, system. yeah so um we'll we'll try to get information on that to you guys as soon as the show becomes available that way but if you're already listening then this none of this matters to yeah you. you've you've already figured out how to so, listen to the so podcast never mind tell your I, friends <laughs> tell your friends tell your android friends i got an android so i know i know what it's like um yeah tune in next week we're going to be covering season three episode five fire and ice mm-hmm. uh anything about that episode at all so okay well it's a it's a it's another diamond heist episode all right can't get enough of those all right thank you for listening bye